Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. You know, last Sunday, everybody, I preached a message and I'm just going to tell you now, that message as I was talking and said it's a prophetic message for us and a prophetic message for you. I didn't know how prophetic it was. So I'm going to stay with it to a degree. And I'm just going to uh, give you, I'm going to speak this morning. And by the way, can I just say this? If you're a new Christian, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. So that's fine. Just put what I'm saying on the shelf. Come back to it in about, oh, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Put on the shelf. Sometimes you will hear things in the kingdom that you're not spiritually mature enough to understand, and that's okay. And that's okay. You're not going to get everything. But don't go, oh, no, I don't agree with that, which is what we like to do in Australia. <laughs> oh, nah. Listen, everybody, lose that and go, Lord, I just put that on the shelf. Speak to me about that. Give me some understanding about that as I go along. So, but I do want to touch on it for everybody who's been with us on the journey for a while. Because uh, I believe it's a prophetic word for us as a church, but also for, for everybody who's more mature. Uh, actually, look, it's for new Christians too, but it's really for us who've been around for a while, and I believe it's what God's saying to us right now. So let me just read to you again in Mark 14. Powerful passage where it's, it's just a few days before Jesus is about to be tortured, <laughs> spat on, rejected, and then ultimately he's going to give his life up and be crucified for you and I uh, that we might have eternal life. And in the lead up to it, in uh, Mark 14, it says, it was now two days before the Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. So the Bible says then Jesus, he's in Bethany at the home of Simon, who was a man who had previously had leprosy, but Jesus had healed him. So now while he's eating, this woman comes rushing in. She's got this beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, which I shared last week is a perfume that comes from the Himalayan mountains and uh, came through Northern India. And this perfume, by the way, is worth one year's salary. So work out what your salary is. And this is what this woman's just run in with. And the Bible says she broke open the jar and poured the perfume over Jesus' head. And it says some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they ask? It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her, they scolded her harshly. By the way, everybody, the Bible says that was some of the disciples. We're not always into giving, are we, disciples? We've got to say, Lord, help us to be generous disciples. The Bible says, Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you and you can help them when you want to, but you will not always have me. And he meant physically. She's done what she could. It's not in my body for burial of time, for burial ahead of time. And I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Wow. Barbara telling us incredible story 
And in actual fact, the Bible says that when they were saying this should have been given to the poor, really one of the voices the scripture and history bears out was Judas was in there. And Judas was uh, pilfering the money purse, taking from the purse that Jesus travelled with. And, uh, and the reality is they would not have given that money to the poor anyway. It's what happened was when she gave, it convicted them. Everybody, when you get around generous people, it will convict you. Generous people are annoying. <laughs> Why? Because there's always a conviction coming from them that God is saying to us, hey, I want you to grow in your generosity. Can I encourage everybody here? We're coming up to our heart for the house weekend. Benjamin's speaking next week, but the following week, and God is calling us as a church, and He's calling you individually right now to break your alabaster box, your alabaster bottle. That, that which is precious to you, I believe for all of us, God is saying, I want you right now in this next uh, season to be breaking open the alabaster bottle of what is precious to you in order for God's will in your life and then in order for God's will through our church to be done. So all of us, God's going to be saying, hey, and I want to encourage you right now. He's saying to us, if you want the next level of breakthrough in your life, then there's always something that God is saying, give me. Break, give me that, break that open to me. And uh, I love this woman because she's really displaying to us as she comes in that the joy of her salvation has overtaken her to the point where she is giving a year's salary perfume. You know, the Bible says, everybody, and I just shared it the one heart and I just briefly, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible doesn't say your joy is your strength. The Bible doesn't say your joy, you know, you coming up with joy. No, it says the joy of the Lord is your strength, which the Bible is teaching us there is a place in Christ. There's a place in Jesus. There's a place in your relationship when you get so close to God that there's a joy that you cannot get from the world. There is a joy you cannot get naturally. There's a joy you cannot get from, it doesn't matter how many comedians you watch, how many you know, funny movies, you be a funny person. No, no, no. There is a joy that only God can give you. And when you, when you are spending time with God and you're walking in God's presence, I'm telling you now, and you, there's sometimes there's just such an incredible joy that God brings. And the Bible says that that joy will be your strength. And uh, for those of us who've been depressed, those of us who've been broken, those of us who've been sad, and uh, people try to make you happy through their natural efforts, you know what it is to have God's supernatural intervention of joy that nobody was doing that did not, you know, they didn't impact you, but God was impacting you with His joy and His presence and you knew this is incredible, but it was like a refreshing rain that you've not had before. God wants you to have that refreshing rain. And this woman, she was having this refreshing rain of joy that overflowed into incredible generosity. You know, incredible gratefulness. Can I encourage you in the lead up to our heart for the house offering too? God wants us to overflow with gratefulness. And a reminder, everybody, you're soon out of this planet. <laughs> you are soon off the planet. Everybody's like goes on as if we're all here forever. No, you're gone shortly. <laughs> Sorry, people. The Bible, it's what the Bible says. The Bible says your life is like a vapour, James chapter 4. Your, Bible, your life is like a vapour that appears, disappears, 
appears, disappears. It's so quick. And, uh, and actually, another one says our lives are like a, a shadow. Like, you know, you see a shadow and you're walking along in the shadow and then it disappears. The Bible says your life right now is a shadow on the planet. Then you're gone. And only what you do for Christ will last. Nothing else that I do will last. You know, my family will remember me. Some friends will remember me. Get your name on a plaque or whatever you get. But what you do for Christ, it's the only thing that lasts. It's it. It's it. And time is quick. And we all don't know if we get to 80, we don't ever get to 60. We don't ever get to 50. We don't know where we're getting to. All we know is that God promises us eternity for those who are born again. You will not have your place in the second death. You only die once. And then the Bible says, when you die, absent from the body is present with the Lord. So the Bible says we're in the presence of the Lord and uh, you won't die again. You will live after this life. But what you do in this life has rewards in the next life. What you do in this life affects eternity. This is what the Bible teaches. I'm, I haven't got time to go through all of that now, but I'm letting you know that your life is quick, your life is short. So what we do with our words, our time, our life, our finances is huge. It's huge. And uh, you, can't, you can't take anything with you. That car you love, we are not putting that in the ground when you're gone. Girls, that kitchen you love, the bench top does not go down with you. <laughs> that kitchen bench. No, none of that goes with us. Only what you do for people. Yeah. Only what you do for people. And hello, as we do it unto the Lord. So this woman's overflowing with gratefulness and she's bringing a fragrance in. There's something interesting about that too. Can I just say to you that when you are a person who's broken and surrendered to the Lord, there is a fragrance about your life. You get around some Christians and you're like, oh, I need to take those off. <laughs> They're dirty. Anyway, I'm looking at you through not rose-coloured glasses, but whatever coloured glasses. There's a fragrance of people who've surrendered to Christ. It's like when somebody comes in a room, you, it's almost like you can smell the fragrance of Christ on them if they've surrendered to the Lord. And other people, you just smell them. <laughs> you want the fragrance of Christ. I was with Sue, this is years ago, in a shopping centre. We got up to the counter and the woman said to Sue, I was behind Sue, in the counter at like Coles or something, what is it about you? There's something different about you to Sue. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then Sue said, must be I'm a Christian. She goes, oh. She goes, there's just something about you, right? And then I was waiting for her to say it to me, but she, she never said it. Anyway. <laughs> I just packed the bag. <laughs> but I just saw there and then, like, what Sue was carrying and her grace and joy. This woman starts denoting it at the counter. And uh, she just had, mustn't have noticed me. I don't know. So, but anyway, but we just need to all realise there's something about that. You know, this woman's pouring perfume. But for those who have surrendered to the Lord and broken their alabaster box, there's a perfume about your life. There's a perfume. So, and as a church, do you know if a church is breaking and surrendering to the Lord, if you've got your business people in a church who are surrendering and breaking to the Lord. And the Lord is the CEO, as I said last week, of their business. 
and they put him into first place. Listen, if, if the Lord's the CEO of your business or of your life, you change. And I'll just declare it again for all the business owners. Listen, if you're a business owner who finally breaks to Jesus, and you can, you can go to church for 30 years and not, Jesus cannot be the CEO for a week. But if you finally break and say, Jesus, I'm surrendering to you. You gave me this life. You gave me these gifts. You gave me this talent. You gave me these biz- this business. When you finally break and make Jesus a CEO and you have accountability with what God has put in your hand, listen, there's a countenance change in that business leader. Their countenance changes. I told you about Zach who got saved in Melbourne. I didn't recognise him when I went back to Melbourne. I was talking to him like I'm meeting him for the first time and he said, you met me at the introduction meeting. I went, did I? Countenance change. There's a softness. There's a brokenness. Mr. and Mrs. Business person, do people say you're soft? Do they say you're easy to be entreated? What does easy to be entreated mean? People can talk to you and you receive counsel. You're teachable. There's a brokenness. And you move from an independent owner to an interdependent, anointed steward of God's finances. Totally different. Totally different. So you've got two people in church, two business people. You've got one who's just totally goes to church, acknowledges Christ, loves Jesus. But Jesus is not Lord. He's not in the deal. So there's no change. You can have church like that. There's people go to church now around the world. Go in, hour on Sunday. Jesus goes in. They go in. Yes, amen. And they acknowledge Christianity. But Jesus is not Lord. Where Jesus is, if Jesus is, somebody once said, if Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. And if he's not Lord at all, listen, everybody, that's sad because there's no power. You will have no power operating in your life. You'll stare at everybody else who, Christians who are saying, oh, God's doing this, God's doing that. You're like, oh, I don't believe that. Oh, I can't see that. And cynicism will be your friend, not the power of God. But others who are like, Lord, I'm surrendering to that. There's a power, there's an anointing. And there's a power that's changing you on the inside, which you know, really, I'm not doing this. (laughs) This is God. Because you can't change yourself. I can't change myself ultimately. I can't, I can apply the scripture. I can apply God's word. But ultimately, I need the power of God to change me. And I said last week too, for all of our worship team, a worship, you know, a singer who breaks to God's will. You can have people sing at a church every week on a stage, sing away, and there is no brokenness in them. But a singer who breaks to God, and that brokenness may come through giving God loss. You lost something, lost a relationship, lost something in your life, disappointment, um, unexpected pain, being overlooked, thinking you deserved something that didn't come to you. All of these things that we have in our, come to our lives, it's in giving that to God and saying, Lord, I surrender it to you, that a singer may in time move to become a worshipper and then a worship leader. And a pastor or a speaker, hang on, let me say that, a speaker. You can get a speaker, a Christian speaker, but if they're not surrendering to Christ and on an ongoing basis, you can just have somebody who speaks or communicates in a church, 
but they're actually not a minister of the gospel because there's no brokenness. There's no surrender. And so you, you, can, you get with people and you can tell, this person smells really sweet. What is that? It's their brokenness. You meet, have you ever met somebody who's been through hell? <laughs> who's been through hell? And you meet people and then they're like really sweet smelling after the hell. You're like, wow, you've really surrendered to the Lord. I, I was in, when I was in Sydney in the church there, once there was a speaker and they were really anointed and really impacted my life. And afterwards I got to see them in the, the coffee area and stuff where they speak. And I just said to them, hey, thanks so much. Not for your message. Thank you that you've surrendered and broken to God. I could feel it coming off you. And I said, you've really helped me with issues in my life. And the person just said, yeah, thanks. And they, it was, I was acknowledging, not the message, but that at some point this person had really surrendered to God. And now their life was impacting me, though the message was great. How do you smell? How do you smell? How are you when you come in the room? Your greatest day is when you surrender to God and you let your alabaster bottle be broken. Maybe it's starting to bring your tithe to the house of the Lord for the first time. Wow. It's, an, it's not a law. It's an eternal principle. It's the starting point for believers from Genesis to Revelation. Maybe that's the start of you actually surrendering to God and seeing his... Not, for you, it's not uh, maybe the financial miracle, but it's the miracle of Christ in your life. Uh, you know, as a church, God wants us to large scale together surrender to him in that area so that we can help children in Rwanda. We can uh, get a building happening in Zambia so that we've got a base there for Africa. So God's asking us all, will you um, let your alabaster bottle of your priorities break? And will you let the alabaster bottle of your finances break? If you want to see God move in your life, give God your diary. I just say, I didn't say to God, hey God, Sue and I, you know, we're free on Friday nights, free on a Sunday. Yeah, you go ahead, Lord. We were like, Lord, we're free. <laughs> what have we got on, Sue? Wow, absolutely nothing until eternity of importance. There's nothing I can come up with outside of God that's of real importance. So when we say to the Lord, what do you want us to do? From there on in, the miraculous starts to happen. And then that miraculous goes to your children and your grandchildren. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So as a church, everybody, God's saying to us, will you do that? It's one thing for us to do it. Individually, that's super powerful. But God's also saying as a church, will you do that for me? You know. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and I love the Lord because he's always thinking of more. Increase our capacity. You know, live with him at a new level. That's, that sounds kind of like, you know, motivational speak. But it actually is reality where you see and know God and understand him at a new level of his love, his grace, his provision, you know. And, um, and what I've discovered is that when you do serve the Lord, he will use people with complicated pasts. 
God will use all of us with complicated paths. I have at least three friends in here with very complicated paths. Actually, 300 friends, 400 friends, 500 friends. We've got a lot of complicated paths. But here's the good news. God will take your complicated past. And he'll bring it alive. All the numb people, many of us, we come in, maybe you're here this morning, you're totally numb. I came to church totally emotionally numb, not dead, numb. God brought me alive so that I can minister now and help all the numb people. He takes those with complicated paths and he doesn't say, you're in the too hard basket. He says, actually, give me your, give me your brokenness and I will use it and use you now in Jesus' name. Yeah. And just last thought, when you give God your alabaster bottle, everybody, your priority, your diary, that regret, that disappointment, that pain, God is the God of suddenly. You look, you look at the scripture, it says, and suddenly, and suddenly, God is doing something that you just did not expect. And suddenly, you need a suddenly. You need a suddenly where you go, hang on a minute, what's happening here? How is this happening? And I love it in, um, let me just read it to you, in Ephesians 3. It says in Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose in the Amplified Bible and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The Bible is saying God is able to do super abundantly beyond everything we can ask, think or imagine. And so in our lives, everybody, if we as a church and if you individually are saying, Lord, I've got an alabaster box that I need to break. Maybe it's Friday night church. Maybe God's saying to you, hey, rather than you work out, I'm a bit whatever, tired or whatever, that like me for 41 years, I've been going, no, I need to be there because I need to pray for people to get saved. I don't preach most Fridays. I need to be there cheering on the next generation. It's not about me. My alabaster bottle broke. It's about cheering on the next generation. So as a church, the Lord is leading that to us. So now I'm going to move into what we're going to do. So a number of years ago, really, probably about 12, 15 years ago, because we started London uh, Christian Life Centre, which became the Hillsong Church, multiplied creative people, thousands of them, I think, came to church through that church and, uh, and joined churches. When I went to London, I said to Sue, this city is so creative. Where are the creative people in church? So I used to pray every day in a park for creative people to get saved and come to the church. Well, that went on and London ended up having such an impact on creative people. And one day I actually got in a car I was, and met one of the creative people from the church and there were six dancers in a show in London and, they, and I just met, they said to me, are you in town? I said, yeah, I jumped in a car and there were six dancers in this car and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are all in. They said, yeah, we've just finished the show and I said, oh, nice. All the dancers, they were all like real quiet with me and I said, is everything okay? And then they said, oh, Pastor Ed, we all just got saved at the church that you started and we just want to say thank you because we're all Christians now but we're all starring in a show here in London. And I was like, oh, so good. From a couple of people, big miracle. So I went to another city in the world. And when I went to that city, I went to a church. And I just uh, thought, I'm going to pray over this city. I was there for one night, a day and a half, en route to somewhere else. And uh, I got a bit fluey as I got in there. And I started, thought, oh, I'll just pray in the hotel. But I drove past this old church in the taxi. And I saw that they had a light show on in the church, like a big light show in this old church that was quite famous in that city. 
So I took my College of Cold Flute tablet and I went to the show, paid my 30 bucks. And I was saying, Lord, if you ever want me in my lifetime to do something in this city, let me know. And if you want our church to be involved in that, I'm here for a day and a half, Lord. Just um, fill me in on that. Anyway, well, I went to the show to see the lights and everybody's got headsets because it was, you know, they gave you a headset, English, French, German, Spanish, 150 tourists probably there. Anyway, this screen comes down and the screen comes down and I'm saying to God about this and just prayed even before I came in. Anyway, the screen comes down in this church and it's two brothers in the 17th century and it starts, open, starts opening. It's supposed to be a light show for 30 bucks. And it starts and the two brothers are going, we need to bring the gospel to this city. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then they go, we need to build Christ Church here. And it's the 17th century and, and he's saying, yes, churches need to be planted. This place needs to be reached for Christ. Da, 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 da. I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm turning around looking at all the tourists thinking, you guys paid 30 bucks for this. You're good with this? And I'm like, this is crazy that the very thing I'm praying about, they're now saying, do, plant churches, bring the gospel. It's on a screen in front of me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like and I'm feeling like, hurry up, I want to, uh, this is making me uncomfortable. <sighs> Alabaster bottle, right? <laughs> so anyway, it went for 25 minutes. I'm turning around at the tourists going, I think this video is for me, people. <laughs> you guys can all go home or something. Anyway, it was crazy. I rang Sue and told her and said, you, well, you won't believe what happened there after that prayer. <laughs> anyway, so I just left that. Well, now what's happened is over the years, we helped a couple who went to that city. We gave them some finance to help build a church there because there's, there's hardly any contemporary churches at all. And uh, we found out that that city in, out of America and Canada has 2% nominal Catholic in the state and 1% Christian in the whole state. 1%. So it's the most unchristian province or state in America or Canada. So this is the place that I went to. Anyway, so what's happened is, let's fast forward. They have, the pastors are now transitioning to something else and they're offering us the church they planted in that city. So what's happening from that is <laughs> we had two churches that you guys don't know about. We had a church in, two churches in Australia offered to us, or one of them we were starting negotiation to hear what they wanted to do. They wanted to come in. So churches have said to us, could, you, could we become part of Global Heart Church? Well, the two churches in Australia, we have said no because we didn't feel that we could serve them the way they needed to be served. We, couldn't, we didn't feel it was God. The bottom line for us is not whether we're getting a building or people or a church. It's, is God wanting us to do this? That's it. That's it. So one of the churches in Australia had five or 600 people, but we were not feeling it. And we're not going to do anything to say, hey, look, we've got a church here. No, no, we're going to say, does the Lord want us to do this? Well, for the first time, uh, we've been processing this for a number of months. You guys don't know, this has been quite a while now, talking it through. And then right now, Spencer and Naveen are actually there in that country, in that city, going through the process. Yeah. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So we've been really thoroughly looking at it and open to it. And because I had that experience all those years ago in that church, it just is really unusual that now it's coming to our church. So what happened is Spencer and Naveen have been there. They've been going through everything, looking at all that they're doing, looking at the books, looking at the whole deal. And our eldership, for the first time, have decided we are going to let this church merge into Global Heart Church. So it's uh, so anyway, so yeah, so it's 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 a big deal, and I just preached in the alabaster box, and I was kind of like, hey, we're not going to do this, 
And then the Lord reminded me what happened in the church. And then he's reminded me of a few things. And then what happened is, which you will hear next week, um, one of our couples got a, a huge word from the Lord, which uh, right as we're looking at it, and uh, it's a very prophetic word to them personally. And so what's going to happen is, so you guys, actually, I'll run the video first. I'll run the video first. So we have, yesterday, let me just tell you this. Okay, so yesterday. <laughs> trying to keep you with it. Anyway. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, the elders and the board come online with our elders. And so our elders spoke to their elders and their board yesterday. And just so you know, we've made the decision to do it. And uh, we can really feel God is in it, though it will be challenging. It will be challenging. Alabaster box. So anyway, um, they're elders and board yesterday said when they were all worried because they were now going to be this it's only it's one of the only contemporary churches in the city and as I said one percent population but here's what happened the elders have told us that this the state is completely post post Christianity but people are so open to God it's unbelievable so they said our city is actually a huge harvest city people read it wrong because the population is so low in Christianity but uh, when they said, if you guys come in here, you're going to reap a harvest. Anyway, Pastor Spencer spoke there last Sunday and seven people gave their lives to the Lord in last Sunday, which is awesome. So, and then yesterday when we told them that we've decided yes, so you guys know from our eldership, we were all in agreement. Um, all their elders and boards said, we're so gracious and we're like, thank you so much. We're so honoured, we're so excited to merge into the Family Global Heart Church uh, because they've also been watching what we're doing, our services around the world, and they're like, we really feel to be part of... Uh, hang on, we're really excited to be a part of something that's actually now around the world. So it's a big deal. Some beautiful people. But there's a couple of people are going to say hi who are in key leadership in the church, a couple of them from there, from where we're taking over. And, uh, and they're going to say hi to you. So a couple of people, and you're going to see a little bit of the city. But I'm going to tell you now, you ready to know where it is? It's a long way from here. You won't get there by boat easily. <laughs> we're going to be taking over church in Montreal, Canada. Yeah. So... Give the Lord a hand. It's a big deal. It's so weird. <laughs> so for me from that church that night with my cold sitting there going, is this video for me? <laughs> like, I now go, it was. So I'm going to do it. But their team's so grateful. And they were like thanking us like so graciously. We're so excited to be a part of the Global Heart family. So I'm uh, going to Montreal, Quebec in Canada. And... Uh, our church name in, on the side of the building will be in French because that's the law in uh, Quebec, so it'll be in French. So let's have a quick look at uh, Montreal and a couple, of, a couple of their leaders just say hi and tell us what they do. Hey, Global Heart Church. 
I wanted to thank you for partnering with us over the last seven and a half years. Our church wouldn't be what it is without your help, your support, and your prayers. I'm specifically thankful for pastors Jared and Sue for just their input into our life and our church, visiting, being a part of what we're doing here. And so we just wanted to expose you a little bit of the seed in the ground of what you've been able to plant on the other side of the world. Hi, uh, we are Sam and Sarah Cherry. Um, we originally came from uh, Northern Ireland, so hence the accent. We got involved with a surgeon actually even before the very first launch of the of the church, um, back in May 2015. We're currently Connect leaders, Alpha leaders, and elders. a part of the church since its very beginning when we launched in 2015 with just a small core team and a few people that just had their hands up to do whatever it might take and I've gone through our internship program and was volunteering part-time and then full-time until I am now on staff and I've been on staff for about a few years now and it is such an honor and a privilege to be a part of this community. Hi, I'm Steve Parker. I'm Joyce. We are also elders here. We love our ministry here. And we love our community. Great, there's a little one for you to see. Give the Lord a hand. Can we stand up, everybody? We're going to pray together. And uh, just so you know, okay, it's going to be a challenging one, but... It's our alabaster bottle. The campus pastors are going to be Pastor Spencer and Pastor Leah. So just so you know. So you'll be hearing from them both next week. I'm going to have them on the couch. We're going to chat next week. And they're going to tell you to the word that the Lord has given them. And uh, but Pastor Spencer and Leah both said, listen, we just feel to obey God and uh, God's leading. So everybody, um, you have to give your, we're sending our best. So we're sending our best. We're sending our best. So the gospel is always a cost and extending the family is a cost. But even Pastor Spencer said last week when he preached, he just was like feeling women to do this. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to feel that and I'm going to personally really feel that, but we really are excited too because that's their step. And once again, we don't lose our family. I had uh, this week on our, you know, I'm Zooming all of our guys. I got guys from Africa on, I guys in Germany on, Melbourne on. And already our campus pastors in Melbourne, Zambia, Germany, they're all like uh, sent a message saying, hey, how can we help? And uh, so I love it. We've got a great family, got a great team. And uh, just that spirit and heart, even of our campus pastors and our families in other places already, how can we help and be a part of this? How good is that? So everybody, it'd be great if we just right now just prayed for a minute. And George, you can come up on stage with me. We're going to finish the service in just one moment. But it would be really good if we just prayed right now. Pastor Spencer will be back uh, halfway through the week. And then he'll be here next weekend with Leah. But that's what's happening. And I was preaching on the alabaster bottle last week, not realising that I would have to break the bottle of sending Pastor Spencer and Leah uh, to what God is calling them to. So the Lord's had to work on me for a week. So pray for me. My bottle is broken. And uh, so, yeah, but it is, the, it is what we do. It's what we're called to do as Christians is that we're like, Lord, what do you want us to do? 
what do you want us to do? And who do you want to do it, Lord, is always the question. Can we just pray together, everybody, if we can? That would be great. Maybe Mari and Cindy, why don't you just come and pray with Leah for a minute? That would be great. Just come on over. And uh, let's just pray together, everybody, right now. And uh, Geordie's going to come. And uh, I hope you're excited. It's a beautiful city. It's an amazing city. Cirque du Soleil comes out of Montreal. So for those who know Cirque du Soleil, uh, Circus of the Sun, incredible artistic. Well, that drew me to the city after London. And I'm believing that we're going to have a whole lot of creative people who will come into the church and be saved in Montreal. We'll talk a bit more about it next week, everybody. But right now, why don't we pray? Very exciting. We're going to be in Zambia. We're going to be in Germany. We're going to be in Montreal, Canada. We're going to be in Melbourne and Perth, Australia. And God gets all the glory in Jesus' name. So let's just pray together. Father, we just... Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.